Hypocrisy's the best policy. Wish for change, but lazily. Century of debilitation. Your evolution is a damnation. You know what that music means. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Trav, aka Five Minute Major, and welcome to HV Pucks Overtime. I'm proud to say this is the only independent outlet dedicated to covering the sport of hockey in our region. What separates me from the mainstream is that you do not need a newspaper or cable TV subscription to access my content. It is 100% free and available on Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. And by now, you know that one of the things I enjoy the most about hosting this podcast is when I get to sit down with players, coaches, parents, and fans to talk pucks. I recently had the opportunity to catch up with Stephen Finkel. He is a forward for the St. Thomas Aquinas Spartans Club hockey team, and he is also a former junior hockey player. Enjoy. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Trav, a.k.a. 5-Minute Major, and I'm pleased to be joined by Stephen Finkel, a.k.a. The Fink. Uh, He is a fan favorite. Uh, He was on the show earlier this year, and uh, I couldn't wait to have him back on. He is a former junior uh, hockey player. He then decided to bring his craft to uh, St. Thomas Aquinas College, and uh He's going to take some time out of his evening to uh, chat with me, and I really do appreciate it, Steve. Thanks so much for coming back on. How's it going? It's going great. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Oh, listen, it's been too long, my friend. The last time you and I spoke was right around the holidays, if you remember. Stack had participated in a tournament out in Pennsylvania and had gone a perfect 3-0. and uh, Can you bring us up to speed in terms of how the season ended for the Spartans and for you in particular? Uh, we, we ended 11 and nine. Okay. Uh, overall six and eight in conference. So, I mean, that's definitely an improvement from the past three years. I know the first year the program started, they were 0 and 10. Hmm. Then it, then, then it became one and 10, which that one win was at the Barclays center. Uh, then the last year we were six and 10. So this is the first time we've gone above uh, 500 and have a winning record, which is a huge positive upslope. Uh, so, you know, having some of the guys who we had come in this year definitely helped progress this program in the right direction. I have to tell you, I really did. You know, I like what I saw on the ice. I got to see a number of games before the high school season started, as you know. And in talking to you and in talking to some, some of the other members of the team, I said to myself that that 3-0 and tournament uh, performance was hopefully going to be the sign of more positive things to come for the Spartans. So I'm glad to hear that uh, the program is definitely on an upswing. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about the art of the Selly and, you know, how much thought you know, do you put into how you're going to celebrate after scoring a goal? Well, you know, I don't score often. So, of course, <laughs> the goals I score are always beauties. I mean, they should be ESPN top 10, <laughs> in my opinion. Uh, some some may differ. But, uh, 
most where I score from <laughs> is, you know, right in the slot. So you don't have much time to sell you. Everyone's coming over to hug you. Uh, so, so for me, of course, you always watch NHL players, some AHL players, and some of the bigger colleges uh, at the NCAA Division One level. I mean, it, it is part of the game. They're never going to be able to take that out. So, you know, you, you always you always think, well, or, or you're like, wow, I just scored. What do I do? <laughs> you know, you freeze for a quick second. Um, my, my favorites definitely jumping in, jumping into the glass. Uh, that's a typical college hockey celebration. You see some of the pros do that. Uh, I'm not that flexible to go down on one one knee, so I don't, I don't really. <laughs> that, that's a little too much work, in my opinion. Um, I'll shoot the glove every once in a while. Nice. Um, but you, like I said, you always see some NHL players come up with some crafty sellies. So of course you, you want to try and mimic those. And the one time I tried riding the stick like it was a horse, I just. I just completely fell on the ice, so I'm I'm kind of done doing tricky sellies. I'm just gonna stick to the glass one until I just accidentally just jump through the glass. You know, speaking of jumping on the glass and speaking of the Barclays Center, I happened to turn on the final game of the Spartan season just in time to watch you score, and that's exactly what you did. So uh, I find that interesting. Um, who are some of the better? Um, you know, guys that celebrate, you know, on the Spartan squad, who's somebody that you admire as far as their ability to sell it? Well, I mean, you got to think of, you know, one of our top leading goal scorers is they have all the time in the world to just celebrate. You know, they don't leave enough goals for the rest of us. Uh, I I really like Dougie. Yeah. They're pretty Dougie Harrison. Sure. He, uh, he, they're, they're subtle, you know, but it gets the point across. I think my... My favorite Sally was when we played at the Barclays Center this year. We we were up five. Uh, I think it was three two, three one, yeah. and they pulled their goalie. And all of a sudden, I just stepped it up into I don't know what you want to call it. I'm more of a first gear type of guy, and right. I cranked it up to second gear, uh, which which I definitely pulled something. Uh, <laughs> But I score an empty netter on my backhand. I beat the defenseman to the puck, and the defenseman shoots the puck at me. I wasn't going to celebrate, you know, 4-1, late in the third period. It's kind of frowned upon to celebrate. But then I just put my hands up and just pumped the fists, and then I rolled by their bench and put my hand to my ear. And they definitely said some stuff, but... uh, you know, you take it with a grain of salt, you sure. come out the next game, and you just hit them harder. Yeah, it's an emotional, listen, it's an emotional game. And like you said before, sometimes the score will dictate, um, you know, how much you celebrate or how much you don't celebrate. Um, I'm sure that there are, you know, again, you are played junior, you're at the college level, you've played at all different levels. I'm sure there are a lot of pranks and jokes that go on in the locker room. As a matter of fact, the last time you were on the show, you kind of alluded to some of the things that go on. Um, during bus rides and even on the bench during games, what are some of the more memorable stories that stand out in your mind in terms of either things that you did to, to your uh, your buddies on the team or maybe something that happened to you? So, I mean, with, with, with Stack, it was kind of hard 
especially this year, getting my feet wet into college hockey. Sure. Uh, so, you know, you learn, you learn how guys take things, but, um, in, in the middle of the season, when, when we were struggling right before we went to, uh, Pennsylvania, I was like, guys, we, we need, uh, and it wasn't just me who spoke. I mean, we had some captains, but we needed to find ourselves as a team. And the only way to really get closer is spend more time with each other, whether it's going to a stick and puck or. You know, you're going to eat wings at Applebee's at half apps. You know, th- those things do matter. And so I I told them, you know, pranks, whatever, I'm cool with. You want to do it to me? You want you want to see me freak out? Whatever's going to get the team going. So right. we're in Pennsylvania. It's the first game. <laughs> and Coach Schuster gives his little speech, his pep talk, his little powwow. And I had everything laid out, my gloves, my helmet, that's all I need left, and, of course, the stick. And I look in my bag, and there's no helmet. So, I mean, of course, the helmet's a big part of the game. You can't play without it. (laughs) So I start freaking out. I'm looking around. I look under my bag, in my bag, in everything. I even... even looked in uh, my suitcase because I brought it in. Right. Nothing, nothing at all. So I'm like, oh, I think I forgot my helmet. I go outside. I tell the coaches. They're like, well, we could probably get you one from the rental room. I go, I will never wear anything rental. <laughs> uh, I, no. So next thing you know, Sean Benson, our captain, comes down. He's like, uh, you think I, I found your helmet I go oh really that's great bah, bah, bah. next thing you know it's on one of the ceiling rafters so the guys put my helmet up in the ceiling rafters it took me like four times to throw it at a water bottle because they got a ladder and put it up there nice I'm late on the ice for warm-ups everyone's laughing at me and I'm like all right that was a good one yeah. but uh that that's probably my only one from stack. Because, sure. You but, know, I wanted to figure out how people handle certain situations and, uh, you know, if you do something to them, are they just going to cry and not be focused on the game? So, but uh, probably my favorite story is from juniors when I always put uh, tape on guys skates i mean that's a classic they they're all pumped up to go out for warm-ups yeah they just take a spill and they just they just look at me because i was the biggest prankster sure and right away they blame me right Um, but yeah i did do it most of the time well uh so i mean you know or or you put water in a guy's boot to the skate and they and they get all you know irritated so you know it the the pranks they, you don't cross certain lines like, you know, dumping water all over a guy's gear or stuff like that. Something very subtle like taking his glove, taking his sticks. So But like you, know. you but like you said also, think it's it's about, you know, knowing your teammates, knowing their temperament, 
you know, and knowing how they're going to react to something. But it also sounds like when uh, the boys hid your helmet out there in Pennsylvania, that kind of got them loose, and it kind of helped set the tone for a successful uh, tournament weekend. Again, the Spartans going 3-0 and back then. Uh, if we could switch gears for a minute, because you and I chatted about this, and I, I wasn't aware that uh, you're also a referee. So how long have you been wearing the stripes, and how has your experience as a player benefited your ability to serve as an official? So refereeing is a whole new aspect of the game. Um, this this uh, upcoming season, the uh, 2019-2020, it's going to be my fourth year in the stripes. I'm a level three. And the biggest thing that really transfers over from being a player, I also help coach up at West Point. So those, So I've seen those two aspects of the game, and they're – they're just regular to me. I've been coaching for five years, so it, it just comes regular. But the biggest thing I've transferred over is knowing where the puck's going to go. Sure. Whether you're a referee or a linesman, mostly uh, uh, now I just do a lot of uh, lining games. I don't do a lot of two-man system. Um, so for me, as a linesman, it's, it's always good to <laughs> – read off the guy with the puck and either give him space on the boards or give him the lane next to the boards um, just in case, you know, he's throwing it in to dump it or he wants to try and skate it wide, beat the defenseman. So definitely reading the play and knowing where the puck's going to go with uh, hockey IQ-wise, that's the biggest thing that transfers over. Okay, good. I, uh, <clears throat> are there any stories that you can share with us in terms of conflicts with players or parents? <laughs> Well, I, I got a good one for uh, coaching. Sure. Um, so I was at Palisades Mall. They have an ice rink there. And this is my first year of refereeing. So I'm I'm 18. I'm very new. So I'm a little – and it's, it's a squirt double-A game. And it was the Connecticut Rangers um, versus the Palisades Predators. And on the bench for the – Rangers was Chris Drury, nice. who's a former former New York Ranger. He's now the assistant general manager of their Hartford team. Yep. And his son was playing. His son ends up getting five penalties. And <laughs> so five penalties in USA hockey is your you get game misconduct, you get thrown out. Sure. So I escort him off. All of a sudden, all the sticks on the bench are just thrown on the ice. And Chris Drury, I had to throw him out. It's, this is probably my fifth youth game I've ever done. You're kidding. Uh, no. And <laughs> there was a veteran guy doing the game with me, and he goes, yeah, we have to throw him out. Wow. <laughs> and, I said, and I said, yeah, you could go tell him. He goes, he, <laughs> so then he pulled rank and goes, yeah, you got to go tell him he's gone. So I go over there. Very and for those of you that don't know how Chris Drury played, he was one of the calmest guys yeah, you'll absolutely. ever meet or see play on an ice surface. And he was he was fine with being thrown out. We get done with the game. I get my car. I don't even turn my car on and I get a phone call from USA hockey. Why'd you throw out Chris Drury? Ba ba ba. So I explained, and they're like, all right, no problem. Uh, 
so that's that's a crazy story. Absolutely. Um, one of the last games I did for juniors, a parent came on the ice and punched my other linesman. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was a bench-clearing brawl. Wow. One of the moms from the opposing teams came on the ice and, yeah, tackled uh, tackled our linesman, so we had to get her off, and then players came back on the ice. That was that was bad. So, I mean, as as a referee and linesman, also, you know when tempers are getting hot sure. um, with other teams. And since I played in the in the junior league that I'm also a linesman now in, I know some of the older guys in the league now, right. uh, most of the coaches as well. So that rapport I have as a linesman, I know who are the hot guy, hothead guys on most of the teams. I know when tempers are flaring. And there's a six-five Kazakhstanian kid up Oof. in Binghamton who is probably the best fighter I've ever seen. Bet really good defenseman. He just committed to uh, play in CAA Division One. So every game I did, no matter who they were playing, the first thing I would say in warmups is, and he didn't he didn't speak English very well, right. I would always go up to him and say, you know, don't do anything tonight because you're always the first guy I take. Literally, after warm-ups, Zamboni comes out. Five minutes into the game, there's a scrum in front. Yeah. And I grab him because he's the biggest threat. Everyone else is 5'8", five, 5'10". Five, sure, sure. So I take him out and he goes, why do you always do that to me? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so then after the game, we were talking on the ice and I go, the reason why I always grab you first is you're the biggest threat. Yep. And that's another another thing that I could bring in from playing is knowing guys as right. well as from a, each team in the league. Sure. And, and and I'm sure you have a sense, you know, again, because you played juniors, you play at the college level, you know, when you're working as an official, either a, a linesman or a referee, you almost get a sense during warm-ups as to how things are going to go and who the players are to watch, I would imagine. I mean, most of the time in the junior level, you're, you're not going to see as much as, uh, I mean, of course, later in the season, as guys build rivalries, right? you're going to see tempers flare, but during warm-ups, I mean, most of these guys are trying to get to the next junior level, whether it's the NAHL or the USHL, right? and they all, they're all there make an impression on whether it's college scout nh scout no matter who's in the building they're always going to play their hardest so you don't want to take a dumb penalty for roughing and scouts look at that stuff scouts look at how many penalties you get per game how many fighting minutes you have especially you know the higher level junior leagues because they they just don't want someone losing their temper they they look at everything Okay, that's good. That's good information to have. You know, as we get ready to wrap up here, Fink, I just, you know, anyone who looks at your social media, whether it's your Twitter, your Instagram, can tell that you run in some pretty interesting circles. And I, I know a few of these stories, uh, you know, hanging with Sean Avery, meeting Post Malone, some of the work that you've done with Florida Panthers. Uh, I also have seen video of you interviewing different athletes on the campus of St. Thomas Aquinas College, and I also heard that you're now playing baseball for the Spartans. So this begs the question, is there anything that the Fink can't do? I don't know, you know, if, if you want to share with us, you know, some of these things uh, that I just brought up. Well, 
Post Malone was <clears throat> one of the coolest ones just because I ended up going to the airport. One of its tires blew out in the air, so they had to emergency land right at Stewart Airport. Oh, really? Oh, I so do. I'm you know, I do remember that. I do remember that. So I tell my mom, I'm like, let's go. And she didn't want to go. So I just grab like, I, I have a camera that like, it, it's a sport camera. Yeah. So you get some nice pictures. So I'm out on the tarmac with ABC, you know, News 12, Eyewitness News, and I'm just in my shorts and t-shirt and yeah. everyone else is in shirt and tie. <laughs> so I take pictures of the plane landing and I'm, and everyone's waiting for Post Malone to make like a statement. But they, they took him in, and uh, so we're on the tarmac for about two hours. So I'm like, you know what, I'm going home. I make I, I miss the turn at the airport to leave. Right. Next thing you know, I just see Post Malone is in, and his entourage just hanging out in the parking lot, having some pizza. And I'm like, you know what, I'm going up there. I walk up, hey, Miss Malone, I'm a huge fan. Call me Austin, man. Had a slice of pizza with him. Awesome. Great, great guy. And for the record, everyone says he smells. He doesn't. Uh, <laughs> that's the first question I get. Oh, you met Post Malone? How'd he smell? <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad you cleared that up. You know, I thought I had a pretty cool Sean Avery story, but uh, yours definitely beats mine. Can you share with us your story and, and your relationship with Sean? Yeah, absolutely. So... Senior year of high school, I'm on Instagram and I'm like, I want to do uh, one of my research papers on Sean Avery. So, of course, you need the in-person interview of who inspired you. And the reason why I've worn si- I, I don't wear 16 at Stack because someone else has it, but I've worn 16 for my whole hockey career because of Sean Avery. Okay. <laughs> so, I just hit him up on Instagram. On one of his posts, I said, hey, Sean, I'm a huge fan. Can I interview you for a high school project? I think like a day later, I'm sitting in class. I don't even know what class it was. It was probably like history or math, and I'm like half asleep. Next thing you know, my phone buzzes, so I look at it, and it says, you know, Sean Avery wants to instant message you on Instagram. And I go, I tell the teacher, listen, I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> so, so I accept it. I look at it. Yeah, sure, Stephen. Here's my email. Uh, just send me what you want want us want me and you to do. So we exchange emails back and forth. He gives me his number. He goes, "Why don't we meet somewhere and we'll do this interview?" So my cousin's a general manager of a big restaurant right in Gramercy Park, and he gets a table reserved. Uh, private room in the back table and I'm sitting at the table for about an hour and I'm like oh, he flaked next thing you know I get called hey, hey Steve um, I got something going on in my apartment you know I just sent an Uber for you nice from, to my apartment and now I'm freaking out right. because in a public place it's easier but now I'm going to my one of, one of my idols houses right Right in New York City. So I call my mom. I'm in the I'm in the Uber and he go and I call my mom. I'm like, Mom, I'm going to Sean Avery's apartment. I'm meeting him at his apartment. I'm freaking out. She calmed me down. I hung up with her. I called my dad. So we go. I get there. 
I'm looking for him, don't see him, and all of a sudden he comes out and he's like, hey, Steve, you know, I'm Sean, nice to meet you, why don't you come upstairs? Now I'm freaking out. Right. And so I interview him, and and we've texted every now and then about playoffs. I also bought his book, which a lot of people said wasn't going to be good. But oh, it's, it's great. One, it's a great one read. One of the best hockey books. I agree. I agree. Is out there. Because he tells it how it is. Exactly. How it is to be a pro player. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's great to have the relationship I do with him. And especially being one of my idols, you know, we're, we're kind of friends. He, every, every time he's been at a game that I've been to, we've linked up and, you know, the story goes on. Nice, nice. Hey, uh, what about some of the work that you do with the Florida Panthers? I've see, I see on your uh, on your Twitter that you're a picture of you and EJ Raddick, and I know that you've done some uh, some work with them. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so with the Florida Panthers, uh, they're playing the New Jersey Devils preseason up at West Point. Right. And as I <clears throat> mentioned before, I coach up there, so I have a little bit of leeway of what I could do up there. And so I asked the West Point, guys if they could get me a uh, press pass so they got me a full access media pass nice and this was my senior year of high school so i'm working the uh the day before because each team had the day before to skate and then they climbed the mountain up at west point as like a team bonding activity right so I go to the Jersey Devil side, and they're kind of like hush-hush about everything. So I'm like, all right, you know what? I thought it would be nice to cover a local team. You know, maybe their regulations and stuff are different. So I go over to the Florida Panthers side. My first interview with the Florida Panthers for my own personal thing was Yamir Yager. Awesome. Awesome. Great guy to talk to. I actually took a picture with him when he was on the rangers i had to be like i was about eight or nine so we talked for a little bit i went around the room uh keith yandel was amazing uh, i've met him a few times when he was on the rangers but then he got traded down to florida right his dad's a local guy so his dad was at the at the game so i got to spend a little time with them sean thornton so you had some big big names yeah floating around which was pretty cool so that's how I got my hookup with the Florida Panthers. And then uh, whenever they came to a New York Islander, New York Ranger, or they're playing the Devils, they've always given me a press pass. So the first time it was their dad's trip. Every NHL team does a dad and mom's trip sure. with the players and their parents. And they're like, our interview guy is sick. Would you want to go on the air with some of the parents? What 19-year-old kid gets that opportunity? So I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And, of course, I'm dressed to the nine, suit jacket, everything. So I go up in the booth where they're hanging out. I interview Trocek's dad, Barkov's dad, Luongo's dad. So it was it was a great time. I had a ball with those guys. And then that same year, my dad and I took a trip down to Florida, and they had five home games. I actually color commentated on the radio for two of the games. That's great. Wow. And the other two I was up in the booth for. 
And the last one, I was a sideline reporter down by the glass. Awesome. Awesome, man. But the first two games where I was just up watching everyone, how they conduct and everything, the first guy I sat next to was Chris Drury. (laughs) And is this after your experience as an official? This, this, this This was... that same year or a year later wow. in Florida. And wow. I haven't seen him since then. Sure. <laughs> so he's sitting right next to me and I go, you know, how, how's your son doing in hockey? Oh, good. You know, he, he moved up from squirt to peewee and he's like, Oh, how do I know you? I said, yeah, I was the referee that threw you out over at the Palisades mall. Uh-huh. He goes, I thought you looked familiar, but I wasn't sure if it was hockey related. I mean, he apologized. Great guy. Took a picture with me. Sure. And, you know, took, took care of my dad and I. Nice. Played around golf, went out to dinner. So, I mean, the guy's a class act. But, I mean, the Florida Panthers have really, uh, really have advanced me in what I want to do with communications. That's great. Sports broadcasting. So, you know, that door opened from EJ Raddick, who is on the NHL network. Yeah. So, so speaking of that, Stephen, just taking taking it back to the Stack Campus, I've seen you also interview, you know, several athletes, you know, for the I guess for Stacks was it like YouTube channel or something? So they uh, they they needed uh, like a veteran announcer to do lacrosse because supposedly they didn't have anyone doing anything. So I go to the first men's lacrosse game and. They threw me on the air with just this awful, awful play-by-play announcer. <laughs> so that awful play-by-play announcer had to leave early for class. So I do the rest of the half of the lacrosse game by myself. Okay. And after that, I do it by myself. <laughs> 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 so so men's, women's lacrosse, I've, I've announced um, – with uh, the Division Two baseball team, I'm, I'm one of the managers for. Nice. I, I actually had to announce their game the other day because the announcer was late. So I had to do three innings. And then with uh, some of the classes I take with communications, we have to interview athletes. Right. Stuff like that. Sure. And sports just comes natural to me. I mean, I played tennis in high school, baseball, hockey, football, and track and field not the track part the field part because i can't run right (laughs) well like you said you're definitely a natural you absolutely have the gift of gab as evidenced by the fact that we've been chatting now for almost a half hour so yeah i've been chatting with steven finkel uh he is uh, a veteran of my show this is his second appearance uh he's always got a great story to tell uh and again it's been my pleasure i hope you have a great end of the semester and um i hope to see you soon no problem. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure, Trav. Right. Thanks again. This is your boy, Trav, and you're listening to HV Pucks. Uh, hello there. Uh, this is uh, Happy Gilmore, and uh, you're listening to the HV Pucks podcast, available for free download on Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Now back to the show. I hope you enjoyed this episode of HV Pucks Overtime.
And if there are any topics you'd like me to address or guests you'd like to hear from, please tweet me at TravJack71 as I do this podcast for you. You can also find me on Instagram at 5 underscore min underscore major. This is your boy Trav, a.k.a. 5 Minute Major, and I'll see you at the rink.